Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. to preach the gospel, cast out devils and lay hands on the sick. If you are not obeying him, you better act quick. He is coming back and we will all give a report. So obey Jesus so you don't come up short. Alright everybody, welcome back to the live broadcast. Shouts out to Wes out there in Alaska, Last Frontier. Where are you tuning in from today? We're glad to have you. Today is a live show Wednesday. What is today? Today is uh, June 7th, 2023. Coming up at the top of the hour, and I just confirmed with him, we're going to have Asher Bach. He's a uh, TikTok evangelist, large following out there, and uh, glad to have him back today and preach the gospel. Well, that was Michael Cummins in the first hour. We're going to get into the word here in just a little bit, pick up where we left off yesterday. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians uh, 10 today, chapter 10. And before I get in there, um, folks, the news is starting to circulate. Something we broke a story on here three years ago that was coming, and it is inbound at a breakneck speed. I'm reading from a website, David Icke, he's one of many who's uh, picked this story up, Death Sentence for Millions. The WHO and the EU launch new global vaccine passport initiative. Let me read. The World Health Organization, aka the WHO, and the European Commission, the executive branch of the European Union, EU, on Monday launched a landmark digital health partnership 
making the beginning of the WHO Global Digital Health Certification Network, acronym for that is GDHCN, to promote a global interoperable, interoperable digital vaccine passport. Beginning this month, the WHO will adopt the EU system of digital COVID-19 certification to establish a global system that will help facilitate global mobility and, as they say, protect citizens across the world from ongoing and future health threats, including pandemics, according to Monday announcements by the WHO and the European Commission. And the WHO uh, on Twitter said, WHO and EU Commission launch landmark digital health initiative. Yep, there we go. This is the first building block of the WHO Global Digital Health Certification Network that will develop a wide range of digital projects to deliver better health for all. Well, I beg to differ. What does this mean? A treaty is being prepared now that's going to be signed by most nations on the earth. And they're going to give the power to the WHO to run operations for the next pandemic, which has already been planned. A simulation similar to Event 201 has already been run, from the report I heard. And when they're going to release it, I don't know, but uh, probably the next 18 months. We need to pray that their plans are thwarted, because what they're going to do is let the WHO have all the authority to call the shots and they're going to set the um, procedures for shutdowns, sheltering in place, mask, COVID vaccine programs, the digital passport, COVID digital passport. Now this is what this was really talking about here. Right now, in the country of Indonesia and I believe in the EU as well there are these apps that were created and you have to download them on your smartphone and when you register it records how many vaccinations you've had what your COVID status is and when you want to get on a plane and travel somewhere they're going to make you scan these marquees at the airport and show the agents there your health status or immigration customs. And it's going to tell them if you've been vaccinated or not. They already have them at um, restaurants, malls, so forth. And we had to contend with that over the last three years. Now, Only in recent months have they dropped that requirement uh, here locally. You don't need that to get into most malls. Some still have it, though. But whereas I couldn't get them before unless I scanned the app and uh, the the QR code pulled my app up and showed my vaccination status, of which I am not vaccinated, I couldn't get in. And if I wasn't vaccinated, I couldn't get in. What they're planning here is take this to the next level, and they're going to begin to require the WHO will, and the EU, and America will follow suit, I'm sure, as treaty signatories. And all nations are going to begin to require that you have an app on your phone and that you show your vaccine status. 
and they're probably going to move for the assumed close of you do not have the vaccination, you do not fly. That's where we're going, folks. We warned about it. And uh, if people heard our warnings, and uh, hopefully they're not vaxxed today. But some people dismissed the warnings or didn't hear them at all and went with their gut, and uh, now they've got mRNA coursing through their veins. And people are having strokes. Some immediately, some later. It came to me that this mRNA, which has self-assembling nanobot capability, with the graphene oxide and the hydrogel and all the other ingredients, the goodies that they put in there, um, it is working in people's bodies right now, growing those blood clots until their blood can't flow and they seize, you know, seize up and have a stroke and die. Heart attack. We need to demand autopsies for people that we know who have died suddenly. But I have an inkling right now that uh, things are growing in people's bodies. And I remarked to my wife today that our father-in-law, my father-in-law, Budiman, had a stroke a few weeks ago. That happened as a result of him getting the vax. And we warned him, we warned our whole family over here, don't do it. Some did it, others didn't, thank God. And he wasn't going to do it. But over here, there's a lot of pressure on people to conform. And they come out of a, a nation where they were under a dictatorship for many decades, and it's just ingrained in the generations, you know. Obey. And while there are free thinkers, many people just feel like, well, what's the, what's the use, you know? I'm only one person, what can I do? Not to mention, uh, if you wanted to be a uh, Gojek driver, which is like Uber over here, they would not let you unless you're vaccinated. You want to work in uh, businesses, you must be vaccinated. There was a mandate that all pastors get vaccinated, and they all got vaccinated, which is sad. I warned a couple of them, don't do it. They didn't believe my warning. Now they got it in their bodies. Uh, health officials. Look at what happened in America. Military forced to take the vax or get court-martialed unless they got a waiver, which was rare. I mean, you know the drill, but it's been happening here too as it is around the world. And In these, uh, back to Budiman, uh, in the cities here across this nation, they have what's called like a village, a city, a village. Same thing. Little communities, some are bigger than others, and usually they have a village chief. And he has an office and has personnel staff, and his job uh, will be to keep track on the people in his community. In fact, Mom and Rita told me that the village chief here and they, they rotate, I think, every year or two. They get a new one in there. And we knew the past one, but this one said, uh, hey, I need your husband to come in here and register. Now, I'm already registered. If you're a bule, a foreigner in this country, they need to know where you're at at all times. Not as bad as China, but you still have to register. They want to know where all foreigners are at all times. Uh, yeah, that's the rule here. We don't care so much about that in America. We just catch and release, see you in 10 years in court. But over here, they mean business. They give you 30 days visa to stay. And if you overstay, you can go to jail and never 
be blocked from ever coming in again. But back to Budiman. This village chief came by. Have you been vaccinated? No. You need to get vaccinated. I don't want to. Came back and kept pressuring him, and finally, he did it. And we were shocked. And he got one or two shots. I don't know how many now. Thank God it didn't kill him, but then he just had the stroke. And I'm pretty sure what's happened is that MRNA, it begins to self-assemble, and it began to make some of those clots and clotted up part of his body, and uh, he got the stroke on the right side. I'm going with that. How sad. There are people walking the globe right now, and these nanobots are assembling those worm-like structures in their bodies and they're ticking time bombs until they just fall over very sad we're only going to see more of that and uh, if you don't want to do it well there's going to be a price to pay you can't get on an airplane pretty soon that's what the whole digital passport system's about if it was optional why would they need to have a passport system it's not going to be optional. That's the point. This is show me your papers, please. We're going into the we're we're going backwards in time to Nazi Germany, to North Korea in real time, or to cross borders to, to go from one city to the next. Roadblocks. Show me your papers. Oh, you don't have authorization. Go back home. In North Korea, only the elite live in Pyongyang or those who are authorized to travel up there. You don't just go up to that city. In fact, uh, you have to have traveling papers. That's what it was in uh, eastern Germany under the Stasi police. That's what it was when Hitler took over. Get to set up roadblocks. You had to have papers, travel papers to get around. Watch the movie Children of Men. It's a more of a modern version of where we're going. And they're doing it. This global digital health certification network. If you don't want to do it, you don't fly. If you don't want to do it, you don't work. This is wicked. And I know the rules have been rescinded only recently that you don't have to have the COVID-19 shot to come in America. Look how long it took them to make that determination. Other countries have been open for a while. But it's going to happen again, the next one. And they're just going to keep rolling these things out over and over and over again. Unless we push back. And I don't know how far we can push back. But it's worth a try. I think this culminates in the full-on mark of the beast system. And nobody can stop that. Because it's already been prophesied it's coming. But it doesn't mean we have to conform to it. We're told not to take it. Isn't that right? And... Well, I don't believe this was the mark yet. It's a it's a slippery slope to the mark. It's a forerunner of the mark. And while if you took it, it doesn't damn your soul, but it might uh, damn you to an early grave. Trusting Dr. Fauci instead of trusting in the blood of Jesus. So warning to those that have taken it. I hope you learned your lesson. Don't be a fool. Don't trust what's coming out of this system. These are sick, pedophiles, killers, 
They have, they're into transhumanism, transgenderism, and the whole litany there. They've got devils inside. That's a common denominator. And devils hate mankind. They want to kill you, steal from you, and destroy. Klaus Schwab's going to steal everything we have. That's what he said. And we'll be happy. Their vaccines will kill you. And look at what these freaks are doing to our country. Destroying it. Destroying the cattle. Calling everything that they can. Sending Antifa into the cities. To burn and loot. And property values go down. And then corporations snatch them up. you got to watch the... Uh, the new documentary that was just released with the crew that um, Alex Jones works with. I don't know the uh, filmmaker's name, but he's the same guy that's been working on the others. Some of these other documentaries. It's called The Great Awakening. It's out. I watched it. It's really good. That uh, combined with Stu Peter's stuff and um, they did a great job on this one. But that's where we're headed, folks very soon look for the digital passports to come out. Now in America of course we've got the Real ID Act that's been in law, un, in, uh, enacted already and by 2025 you could not fly with either, without either having a passport or Real ID. It's an upgrade of your driver's license. You have to bring in your, dri- your birth certificate and social security number and some other identifying um, documents and then they give you the upgraded ID and without that you won't be able to get on a plane this is what this is just um, some of the stuff that's already in motion this digital COVID passport though man it's going to supersede everything imagine not being able to fly again unless you've had the shot and this makes me angry to no end and I'm praying God where do you want us to be because they're going to enforce it over here too. Already I've got some family trying to get in over here to visit. They said they were going to come over for a month. And uh, we're doing the research. They've got to have the shot to get in. Or a letter from the doctor saying that uh, it would be detrimental to them if they had it. Well, at least for now you can get a waiver. But still, you need that to fly in. And uh, although I have a long-term visa here to stay, five years at a time, once I leave the country, if I want to travel next door or anywhere, come back in, I've got to have the shot. Or I can't get in. And if you want to get in, they make you take the shot at the airport. That's the law over here. We've been living under this already for some some time. And now it's going to become worldwide. Enforced by all nations who are part of the, the treaty. And I think everybody's signing on. Nobody's really been rebuffing it. This is world uh, wide globalism, to, totalitarian, what's it called? Total, uh, totalitarian, uh, that's a long word. Uh, I, wanted, I, I already screwed it up. Totalitarianism, something like that. You understand what I'm saying? Look at the symbol for the World Economic Forum. It's 666. It's got three sixes in there. Draw a circle, you got the three sixes. Uh, it's right in our face, folks. This is Mark of the Beast being formed up now. Wicked people. They go into this on the Great Awakening, the full documentary. Go check it out. It's a third installment of the Plandemic series. There we go. 
Maybe you're familiar with the first two. And uh, makes me pissed off because I don't like to be controlled by these demons. And I'm not bowing my knee to them. So totalitarianism. There we go. Thank you, Wes. So what are you going to do, folks? Are you going to bow your knee? Take the shot so you can fly? That'll be your only option. Under their new system, I guess I won't be flying again. Because I'm not taking the needle. So we're, we're seeking the Lord. Do we stay? Because we may be stuck here at some point. Or do we get out? I don't know. He hasn't answered me back yet. But we are getting our paperwork in order. And uh, I don't know. Don't know what the future holds. But uh, God does. And really there is no escape. Other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our escape. You know, there is a verse that talks about escape all these things. Well, I don't understand the full meaning of that yet, but I do know that if there is any escape, it is only going to be found, again, through the Lord Jesus Christ. There we are. So we we, uh, we called it right here. It's taken three years to come into full fruition, but uh, they already began to use this in the last three years. Now it's just going to become global. Wicked, wicked people. Special place in hell for Klaus Schwab and all these wicked dictators. Global Digital Health Certification Network. Digital ID is what it is. And it's communism. Which is Satanism in disguise, as Terry Cook said. And Wes, you're right. He says one of the biggest absurdities is the vaccine doesn't even work. Of course it doesn't work. None of these vaccines work. I've known this for 25 years. Longer than that. I've known that vaccines are insidious. They don't work. They do more harm than good. And the ones that they're making now will kill you. Bit by bit. Okay. We're going to go to the word here. And I'm going to go to KingJamesBible.com. KingJamesBibleOnline.org, excuse me. Okay, we're going to pick up where we left off. And then at the top now, we're going to get Asher Bach on. If you're not on my Substack, I encourage you to uh, go over and sign up. I'm using that to do posts now. I'm not using Facebook for any post going forward. I still have an account there pointing to our new Substack page, though. And uh, I put that video there in that feed and others like that that I come across. You'll get if you're signed up to my Substack. I don't send out a lot of posts, but when I do, they'll be important. You might want to sign up. Also, check out our new Omega Man Reloaded podcast. It's our second podcast that we do. And I uh, just put up uh, some more episodes. Uh, the first interview I ever did with John Ramirez really good interview out of the devil's cauldron it's up there and so many goodies I've got 10,000 of these for you most have never been heard before by you tuning in today and uh, it's a podcast in and of itself that that has enough content to last 30 years so there you are check that out omegamanradio.com sign up and you can of course uh, 
even get a Podbean app or just go get a direct link from Podbean, listen from any device. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is where we're going to start. Let's open up in prayer. Father Yehovah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for this day. This, day, this is the day you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Father God, we plead the blood of Jesus over all of us and our families. This is horrific news, God, that we're reading today. And you know, already know what the enemy has planned, but God, we don't. And we need you to continue to give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Guide and direct all of our steps. Keep us one step ahead of the enemy. Have your way, God. Show us all where you'd have us to be. And give us strength to continue the fight and be overcomers. In Jesus' name, bless your word as it goes forth, and we bind every demonic force that would come against us. Try to stop this word. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. That's an interesting thing to consider. It says they were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And everybody had to cross the, the um, cross the strait over there in the Red Sea, but they walked on dry land. Is it talking about some type of water baptism? Well, it goes on to say, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for the drink of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples, to the intent we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day, 23,000. That's a lot of people committing fornication. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. So we need to be careful. We should not be murmuring, complaining. We need to understand that fornication is a killer. So is lust and idolatry. And these people are on the way to promised land. Are we not ourselves on the way to a promised land? Yet, if we're not careful, some of us might not make it. And there are temptations coming. They're going to try us to our very core. Are we willing to make a stand for Jesus as the world 
stands against us for being Christians and not wanting to bow to the system of man and take that shot? There's hell to pay. These wicked people that force people to make that decision, many lost their jobs, their educations, lost their ability to see their family. Many died alone. Many died and they were not able to have a funeral. Horrific. These wicked people, they're not going to get away with it, folks. They did that to us. They do not repent. Hell is waiting for them. Vengeance of mine, saith the Lord, I shall repay. I'd like to shoot them all myself, but I can't do that. Neither can you. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I shall repay. God will repay. We can't take revenge on people with the arm of the flesh. God's going to get them, though, and they will not escape. But we don't have to bow our knee and do as others will do, and it'll, it'll be their destruction. We've got to make a stand for what is right. Irregardless of what the costs are, we do not bow. Just like the three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God is able to save us, O king, as you're threatening to throw us into this fiery furnace. But even if he does not, we still will not bow. They were men of integrity. And they didn't bow, and they were thrown in the fiery furnace. And there was a fourth man in the fire as unto the, unto the Son of God. Like as unto a Son of God. I believe he was talking about an angel. That's the way angels referred to in the Old Testament. Sons of God. Some believe it was Jesus. And if it was, I'm all right with that. But I think it was an angel that was there to protect them. Just like we have ministering angels today to encamp about the righteous to deliver them for those that fear and obey the Lord. I'm just saying when it talks about sons of God in the Old Testament, he's talking about angels. When it talks about the Son of God, we know there's only one, the only begotten Son of God. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. So, now all these things happened unto them for in samples. And they are written for our admonition, warning to us examples of what can happen if we disobey God and follow their ways upon whom the ends of the world are come wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall there hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. Flee from idolatry. It's a worship of other gods. I speak as to wise men, judge ye what I say. The cup of blessing which we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that one bread. 
Behold Israel after the flesh. Are not they which eat of the sacrifices, partakers of the altar? What say I then? That the idol is anything, or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything? But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils. I've got neighbors right now who sacrifice to devils, and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. We had an option to move into a place with uh, altars the other day. Told Rita, you know, we can't do that. He said, it's a shame. It's a nice place to rent, but we're not going to partake with devils who live on those grounds in an altar that people sacrifice to. Just can't do it. That's fellowship with the devils. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the tables of table of devils. I believe this is talking about having one foot in the world and living in sin and then saying, you know, then going to church on Sunday. Yet you're living in fornication all week long. We've got to make our decision. We're going to live for the Lord or not? And we got some time to make that decision up until Jesus says enough's enough. And he says, I would that you were hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. A day's coming where Jesus is going to spit people out of his mouth. They continued in compromise and being lukewarm, and they were trying to drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of the devils. Doesn't work. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own. But every man and others' wealth. Whatsoever is sold in the shambles, that eat, asking no question for conscience' sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast and ye be disposed to go whatsoever is set before you eat asking no question for conscience sake but if any man say to you this is offered in sacrifice unto idols eat not for his sake that showed it and for conscience sake for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof conscience I say not thine own but of the other for why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? For if I by grace be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for that for which I give thanks? Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all this, do all to the glory of God. Give none offense, neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Even as I please all men and all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that ye remember me in all things, and keep the ordinances as I deliver them to you. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God.
every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth, with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head. For that is even all one as if she were shaven. For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it be for a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. I believe that's talking about the hair length there. But there's two issues in this uh, chapter. There's the power and the glory. I believe it's two-part here. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and glory of God. But the woman is the glory of the man. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. So you've got the glory and the power. The hair being the glory and the covering that goes over the hair, the scarf would be the power. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman, but all things of God. Judge in yourself, is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered? Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering over her scalp, right? Long hair for a woman, short hair for a man. Long hair in a man is a shame. Short hair in a woman is shameful. And if you're not going to have long hair, then go bald. Because uh, it is an offense when you go and pray or prophesy and not conforming to the word of God. But then there's also the power on the head. That's a scarf. Goes over the head covering, which is your long hair. But if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. Now, in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not that ye come together, not for the better, but for the worst. For first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. And there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When ye come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, every one taketh before the other is on supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. So when they came together, um, many were coming together as though they were going to partake of the Lord's Supper, and you know, you've got the bread and the wine. And what was happening? They weren't even waiting for everybody to take it at the same time. They were just eating and drinking. And then you got one that's hungry, and another's drunk. Said, so this is not the, the place to come to eat the Lord's Supper. 
What, have ye not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you of this? I praise you not. For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, he said, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eats and drinks unworthily means they're living in sin, they're taking communion, they have not repented of that sin, confessed, renounced, and repented of those sins, and they're just taking it haphazardly, and it can kill you. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinking damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. That means they died. Taking communion while they were living in sin, not repenting. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. So they didn't judge themselves and realize, you know what, I've got to repent. Then I can take my communion. So God judged them, and they died, or they were sick or or weak. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. There's judgment at the Lord's table. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together under condemnation, and the rest I will set in order when I come. Now, I don't hear people preaching a lot from Corinthians in the church today, especially not this chapter. There's a lot of other things Paul talks about, about how we are to conduct ourselves when we come together. And he talks about the spiritual gifts. And um, yesterday we had this encounter in our own household. I'll go into more detail later. I'm keeping an eye on the clock. Our next guest, Asher Buck, coming up in six minutes. Chapter 14. I had to tell my wife to read this chapter and others in there in the, the house group that met last night. There was about 10 ladies they came together at a house fellowship here. They sing. They play uh, some Christian songs. One had a guitar. They did a Bible study, and then they broke bread. I mean, you know, they fellowshiped, ate food. And I noticed something that was out of order, and I brought it up to her. I said, you read First Corinthians chapter 14. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. For he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. So tongues are for you when you pray to God to build build up your faith. And when you prophesy, that's for the edification of those around you, for exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather I, I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. 
For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues. Except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? Except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. And even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction of the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Therefore I know not the meaning of the voice. I shall be unto him that speaketh the barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Wherefore let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. I don't have time to read this whole thing. But basically, he goes on to say, If therefore the whole church be come together in one place, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned, or unbelievers, what? Will they not say that ye are mad when they hear people speaking in tongues? They don't understand a word you're saying? But if all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all. He goes on to talk about, If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by be by two, or at the most three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let them keep silent in the church, and let him speak to himself and not to God. Last night, the ladies get together, they were praying, some were speaking in tongues softly. There was one lady, and she does it every time. She begins to speak in tongues, and it's so loud. It's like 10x what everybody else is doing. And it's confusion. And I spoke up to my wife, and I said, this is out of order. I want you to read 1 Corinthians 14. This lady should not be doing that. Number one, there are people there that don't know... Uh, much about tongues and they've never heard it before and they're going to think she's nuts just like the Bible said here. They don't understand a word. Plus she's not giving an interpretation. So it's not edifying to anybody. It's disruptive and it's out of order. And I'm going to, I've, I've noticed this a couple times. Just one lady who does it. Just imagine my volume 10x and that's all you hear is this lady. It's not edifying anybody. It's confusion. It's out of order, and there needs to be order in services. And But you know what? They don't teach this today. Who's teaching this? But there were problems then that Paul had to address, set things in order. There's problems in the church today. We've got a, a church that, for the most part, is out of order and out of step with the Word of God. And people quipping, well, God, you know, it's about the heart, you know. God, God understands. No, God wants us to understand his word and do his word. He's the final authority. Thank God there is a place we can go where there's no compromise. It doesn't change like the wind. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says, I change not, and his word changes not. And it's in full force even today, yet people don't like it. 
Well, you don't like Apostle Paul? He wrote most of the New Testament. What are you going to do then? People in rebellion to God. And you see the fruit of it in the churches and the falls that are taking place. And hundreds upon hundreds of hundreds upon hundreds, like six or seven hundred pastors that have been involved in sexual crimes here recently. And I'm not ta- even talking the Catholic Church. What's going on here? We've got a church that's in rebellion. It's out of order. It's in compromise. And, um, well, the Great Tribulation is going to sort it all out. And many are going to fall out. Fall away. They're not careful. We need to get back to the Word. We need to study it. We need to obey it. Or we're in rebellion. And rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. And uh, I don't claim to understand everything that I read. But I know I need to get in there and study to show myself approved. A workman that needeth not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. And I need to do a better job like we all do. And we need to go with what the word says. Not what men think by consensus opinion. That's the the Catholic Church's stance now. We can change the word by consensus. And if the consensus says those rules are outdated, well, we'll make new ones. They're ruling by consensus instead of the word of God. That's my micro sermon. And I told them, read 1 Corinthians 14. We've got to fix some things. This lady is out of order. And that's not helping anybody. There's no interpretation coming. She's not prophesying. She's being disruptive. And she's going against the word of God, 1 Corinthians 14. And she's got to be corrected. Okay, we're going to save this and we'll be back.